The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win today. Sign up today and receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, we're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Over $30,000 is up for grabs over the course of the season. Go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And finally, before we get started with the episode, I want to remind you to download the SGPN app. SGPN is giving you a chance to win $100,000 in their NFL Week 1 contest, but that is exclusively on the SGPN app, so make sure to download that today in either the Google Play Store or in the App Store. Ho, Degenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode number 71. I'm going to dedicate this one to one of the Rolling Stones' best albums, Sticky Fingers, which came out in April of 1971. So um, 50 years ago, even before I was born, that's all that is. Who would I be, you may ask? I would be your host of the show. If you haven't listened before, I would be Jeff Fox. Um, as I said, I host this here podcast, this irreverent, amazing at picking, actually we're on an amazing hot streak is what I'm trying to spit out. We're irreverent, amazing banter, but we also are amazing at making picks. So if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome and be prepared to have your brains blown with our amazing uh, picks. Just not this episode because there's nothing to pick coming up. Actually, there might be. Some obscure MMA that my uh, associate host can give you picks on. Who knows? He watches everything. If there's a fight, he, he will be watching it. Um, who that I would be talking about? Um, actually, this associate host of mine, um, my brother's very angry at because he had the gall to dedicate episode 68 to Mario Lemieux, thinking that Mario Lemieux wore number 68. <laughs> my brother said, "What a my brother said, dumb American." And like, yeah, and he claims he's a hockey fan too. He's a millennial Bruins fan though, so I guess he doesn't know who Mario Lemieux is for some reason. He is the baddest purple belt on the planet, though. We do know that as a fact. And his name would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland, or as my son calls him, Daniel Barney Gumble Vreeland. Hello, Daniel Gumble Vreeland. So I, I thought I was being really funny when I, I completely ignored that 66 was supposed to be dedicated mm-hmm. first, and then I mixed yep. up six. Like, I, I did that intentionally, and I thought somebody would find it funny. And yep. Kurt, who was doing that episode, clearly either didn't know or didn't want to be rude because he's way too nice and stuff like that. So I was waiting for somebody to say anything, and it took your brother to, to figure it out and to have an issue with it. I, I, yell at you, I yell at you on Twitter as well. So now you're claiming it was a, a joke. You it was actually a joke, yeah. I, like, you told me which ones were in which order. And, like, <laughs> it, it's not that hard to remember that one is Mario Lemieux and one is Yarmir Yager. Like, that, that's just 
the, the, they were penguins at the same time, right? Lemieux yeah. 66 and Yager 68. And yeah. I am a hockey fan, but I'm a New England hockey fan, so we hate the penguins and everything from Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay, well, glad we got that out of the way. What else from Pennsylvania <laughs> do you hate? You hate Mennonites? I, hate those. I really hate the Phillies. Uh, yeah. That's first and foremost. If the Phillies could always suck, okay. they nice. Uh, I do hate the Eagles, which that's not going to be a popular – uh, stands for our bosses, but this might be the first time I've admitted nope. uh, on their network that I uh, do not care for the Eagles um, very Just much. Just the one boss. Ryan Ryan hates the Eagles and loves the Giants, so that's okay. Well, he, the, he, the, he, Giants, the Giants are probably the team I hate the second most. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. looking for a new host next week. I mean, yeah. People want to uh, send their applications uh, to me on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, if you're interested in being an associate host of the show. I think episode 72, I'll be looking for a new associate host after somebody gives, gets the heave ho. Anything well, else you hate, Dan? Well, I mean, should we just yeah. – I mean, I should probably gambling. just go all in. If they're, they're, if yeah. they're going to hate me, I might as well just admit that uh, that I am a Dallas Cowboys fan, so they should probably oh, just yeah. know that uh, up front because uh, that's probably going to probably gonna, uh, turn some heads. So, uh, yeah, yep. so that's, uh, that's, that's what we got going on. <laughs> you, probably, you probably hate gambling as well, right? I don't, I don't even really like MMA. This has all been a giant ruse. <laughs> it's been a ruse. Finally, we've seen through it. Are you a purple belt though? Still, I am actually still a purple belt. Yeah, you're not a brown. Still not a brown belt. Still not a brown belt. Yeah, no. We'll we'll blame that COVID thing, right? Yeah, we we can blame a little bit of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's a little hard to get a brown belt. I'd say that. That's true. (laughs) So you knew all along you could have, if you caught it, you could have just taken some horse medicine and been fine and rolled the next day, right? (laughs) That's. uh, Did you not realize that? That's, that's the first oof of the episode. Let's we'll just go yeah. with that. <laughs> there you go. That's speaking. Of, yeah. So there you go. That, that's a new stuff. Well, we should probably should get down to it. We got an action-packed episode. So much to talk about, right? It's uh, such a busy week in MMA. It it is one of you know, and usually I would tell you like, hey, guess what is going on? But even yeah. even trying to do a little like pre pre-work here that there is really not a lot of stuff going on this weekend except for some god-awful boxing (laughs) oh that's right yes this weekend would is what anderson silva versus tito ortiz and Vitor Belfort versus Evander Holyfield. Yeah, with, uh, with <laughs> special. We had to move it to Florida with special guest commentary from Donald Trump. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your president, which I, which I thought was a joke for the long. Yeah. Like I saw a picture on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it is a shit show." That's yeah, you guys are right on about that. Ha, ha, funny joke. And then like somebody's like, "No, dude, that's real." And I'm, I, I still can't believe how dumb that is and also how perfectly fitting it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's back it's to dump- what he was doing five yeah, years ago or whatever, right? It's a, dump- it's a perfect dumpster fire. It's exactly what it exactly. ought to be. <laughs> now, now you're going to tell me how America is the greatest country ever. Go ahead. Parts of it. I mean, parts, nice. parts of it are really nice. Dan's going, got, Dan's going all in. Dan's got socialized medicine, too. Like, you guys are we cool. <laughs> I know. We are cool, but we're uh, we're having an election, so we may end up with a a new leader very soon. So I did hear about that. I I uh, don't know much about it. I don't know certainly as much as you knew about the president of the United States, but I do know that you have yeah. a prime minister, and uh, yeah, we do. I know he's he's up for re-election. So yeah, yeah. no, he, he he decided to call an election in the middle of a pandemic, and it's kind of back blown up in his face, it seems. So we'll we'll see how it goes. So yeah, 
interesting stuff. So that, that's what that's what we're here to talk about this week, people. We're going to talk about the Canadian election. How many people have turned off the podcast at this point, Dan? <laughs> let's let's, let's the, get gambling the, odds on it. People listen. The, if yeah, we put I'm, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Maybe there's even gambling odds over on WinBet. Probably not. WinBet isn't – I don't think it's available in Canada. But WinBet is live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Are you ready to win? Money and booster odds. Well, that's uh, if you're in one of those states, you head over to WinBet. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds and every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free, $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap would be America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available. Browse the activity feed to stay in the know. Loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash and much more. And make sure you use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match it up to $500. That's a good deal, actually. Extra 500 bones in your pocket there. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your money doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for profit and keep one in the lead to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. I mean, like, there's not even really – like, there's barely any events happening this weekend. Um, definitely none of the big name ones, but there really hasn't even been a heck of a lot of news. I'm trying to think of any news that's happened over the past few days. Uh, Dana White says it's all us. I, I'm including us in the media. It's all our fault for, you know, where I'm kind of – where. Um, Fighters are only complaining about their pay because that's the stupid media are poisoning the well and, and making them think that they're underpaid, right? Yeah, um, and, and like, dude, like, I, I'm, dude. Not of, I'm not one of the people who has written an article at any point in time about like grossly underpaid they are, but like, here's my point: is like, it the information out there that they've gotten off of all of the lawsuits, and there are lawsuits about it, so that that gives you some sort of you know idea mm-hmm. that. The media isn't the only people talking about it. The, <laughs> yeah. the money, the the money that's been re- released from those lawsuits shows that the the fighters make some sort of minuscule ass percentage. I think I saw sixteen percent was the most recent figure that yeah, people had calculated that, yeah. out. Whereas most sports leagues are making fifty. And if like Dana White really wants the media to shut up, dude, just open up the book, show them how much the fighters make versus how much you know they make in in pure profit, and they'll shut up, dude. Like, so if if it's true, like, he's got a real easy way to make him quiet, um, and he doesn't. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it for that, though. I don't really have much to say about that. Um, Yeah. No, it's – I report a lot of the numbers on my website, MMA-Manifesto.com, so you can get the numbers there. But they're making it even harder for the numbers to be released now. Like, Las Vegas has recently – like, Nevada, excuse me, last year stopped – uh, making it public, uh, public knowledge to the purses. So that's, and that's where the UFC basically has run almost what, all their events, except they have one in Florida and then other than the overseas ones, which never report anyway. So they obscure the numbers as it is. So Dana can keep claiming, you know, that he's helping these fighters out, you know, under the table and all this other stuff. But 
you know, fighters that actually do talk about it, you know, they say they might get an extra grand or two under the table, but unless you're the Conor McGregor's of the world, you're, you're not making, not making top dollars. So yeah, it's um, definitely not, uh, the media isn't making, making these things up. It's, uh, it, it's out there. It's, yeah. So, well, and again, just like if, if it's not out there, why did you, why, why would you rally that for the Nevada State Athletic Commission to stop dropping purses? When yeah, pretty much everywhere exactly. else does, you know, like if, if, if yeah. you, and he's very clearly like behind some of that or the UFC as like a giant entity is very clearly behind yeah. that move. Um, what, whether they put direct pressure on Bob Bennett to make that decision or, you know, indirect pressure, like it, it's there. They, they didn't want numbers out and suddenly numbers are not out. Yeah. Yeah. If basically it, the Nevada athletic commission wouldn't, be in business any longer if it wasn't for the UFC because right. they make they make a cut off every UFC event that takes place in their jurisdiction. So um, they regulate the UFC, but uh, UFC also is uh, uh, it, technically their bosses keep them in business. So yeah, it's it's a shady uh, shady world that we live in in the combat sports world. So um, one of the ways that the UFC goes about keeping uh, their salaries or the purses in check, but making it look like they're this super generous kind um, organization is um, things like the c- contender series that, that we're about to talk about. Um, Laura Sankos talked about how generous Dana was on uh, Tuesday, giving out five contracts. Well, it's, he's given out five basically minimum wage <laughs> contracts, guys that are going to be making 10,000 10, to show 10,000 if they win their first fight. And to make room for these people on the roster, uh, you'll see a, probably five veterans within the next couple of weeks will get cut who are making triple or even quadruple uh, that money. So um, they make it seem like they're being generous, but they're really, they're giving out minimum wage contracts to, and uh, if these fighters don't perform, then they just get cut. Plus um, veterans that are making way more than that will lose their jobs because of this. Yeah. Well, and I will say this too, and I don't mean to, to crap all over the contender series. Cause first of all, I love the contender series. So do I, I love it as a content yep. as, as a concept I love the content that it brings. I love pretty much every uh, personality that they have brought to light through that. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't just mean fighters. Like, Brendan Fitzgerald, that's where he kind of cut his teeth. And he yep. is, you know, one of the better guys I like listening to is, you know, if it's yep. not John Anik there, I'm glad it is Brendan Fitzgerald on, on a lot of those fight nights. Now we yep. got Laura Sanko doing fights. And, you know, she was nothing but a backstage reporter uh, until the contender series really blew her up. And now she's announcing. So I love that too. I won't, I will say I don't love Yanni the Greek. (laughs) No, I skipped through all of that. I'm like, who is this guy? That's who it is. He's brutal. Did you, I I don't know if you caught it. It was one of the most insightful moments in contender. I caught it on Twitter. He he, he tweeted about it. Yes. (laughs) You replied about it. Was it when he, he, he pointed out that people who, who want who bet the over would like this to go to the over and people yes. who would like the under would like this fight to end. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's betting right there, buddy. Thanks. That, that's the type that's the type of insight you get listening to this podcast here too. So but why don't we uh talk about the Canada series? It was another good show Tuesday night. Um wasn't so good if you tailed Dan's picks. He was what, two and three, I believe, with your picks on the site, sports uh, people in our Slack, um, which everyone should get into if you're not already, uh, SGPN on Slack, um, and check out the, the fight board on there because every time there's fights on, that uh, there's the gens on there making bets. So it looks like some people on there made money, but uh, hopefully these people adjusted once they realized Dan really didn't know what he was talking about, even though he claimed that he did head into this. You were very, very sure of yourself, and 
yeah, some things didn't didn't quite go your way, but it was a, f- a fun night of fights, though. Yeah, I will say this though too is that like, and I make excuses for every loss. <laughs> you all sure the time. do. I, I'm real good at it, and I'm real good at revisionist history. There there were reasons for like all of my analysis and where I thought these fights would take place and how I thought these fights would take place all had like sound analysis to them. They just didn't get the result once in a while, and. And I, I would argue the result of the first fight, the one by Chad Allinger and Marin Gafarov, Gafarov, in my opinion, won that fight. Uh, he obviously did on one of the three judges' scorecards too, but right. he, like a lot of uh, fighters before him, got the Adelaide Bird treatment and wound up losing this fight. Um, I don't know why she's still allowed to judge fights. It is wild, dude. She messes one up probably weekly. Uh, but, like, I, I thought Gafaroff controlled this fight well enough. I I thought he, he, you know, banked the first two rounds there. He did definitely gas out and yeah. probably cost himself the third. But I did think he, he had done enough to win here. So while that one didn't hit, uh, I still feel pretty good about it because I think he won. And then – Yeah, he did. Did, did you think he yeah. won? I, I, I think he won too, yeah. Plus, and he'll – Hilliger is an annoying name to say. Anyhow, Chad and Hilliger and Hilliger, I think is how they were saying it, weren't they? I, I have I no idea. It, it sounds yeah. like a nightmare. I, I messed that one up last week, and I messed Vergara up a bunch of times. And I don't even know why yeah. I messed up Vergara because it's like not even that hard of a name to say. Um, Are and you I'll surprised, say- Chad? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Are you surprised Chad got Chad A? We'll call him. Are you surprised he, he was given a contract after that performance? It was yeah. Like, that- Great and stuff, but like, come on, seriously. The, the contracts that they gave out were very watered down and almost to the point where I think he's just going to give everybody who wins on the contender series one this year. Cause that, that seems yeah, to be, he's look, he's looking to load up on those, you know, 12 to show 12 to win contracts. Um, yeah. And then, then he's like you said, he, he's got reason to fire more guys on the staff, but like exactly. both, both Ann Helger and Simon Oliveira. Hey, you said uh, it good that time. Yeah, you know, I got this. <laughs> I just have to not think about it. And, and exactly. Simon Oliveira, who was in the third fight, neither right. of those two deserve contracts. You know, no, like, split and, decisions and, don't get you contracts well, usually. Uh, it, at least historically, it wouldn't get you contracts on the show. You have to be a killer and finish people. And I don't even mind decisions getting more contracts. Like, I, I, I thought yeah. when the show first started that they were a little bit too harsh on people who went to decisions, that it was like yeah. a really crappy dude could score a last second knockout after getting the piss beat out of him. And he gets a contract and the guy who like put in an obvious clear one-sided decision, like a Jack Shore looking effort just kind of got back, you know, put in the back corner and was like, ah, yeah, he didn't finish him though. Um, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, he looks like Jack Shore. So like give him a contract. But now it's flown the other way, dude. Like he, he like, He's just trying to give contracts to anybody, and, like, Oliveira looked messy in there. Like, downright, yeah. and, 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 you know, like, he, he did get the win over Halsey all day. I think that was the right call. I picked Oliveira, and still I was like, he looked bad, like, objectively bad. Like, he, his his Muay Thai looked a little bit sloppier than it was supposed to be. He got really tired. His takedowns were not very good against a guy who's been taken down roughly 7,000 times in his career. No offense to Jose Alde, but, like, you know, Joby Sanchez, like, took him down at will in Combate. Was it Combate they fought in? I think it was Combate. Um, Combate that they fought in, and, like, you know, for for what then Then are you signing off there? Who in the Bantamweight division is that man going to beat, except for maybe yeah. Ann Elliger? Because he, he also isn't going to beat anybody. 
That's true. Have them fight each other. It would be a nice cheap fight for the UFC, and uh, they can cut whoever whoever gets beat. There you go. Yeah, but I, I would say this, too. <laughs> like, yeah, first of all, yeah, not a terrible idea. But second of all, I think the guys off of the Ultimate Fighter, more than one of them would have wiped the floor with those two. Like yeah. Brady Heidstand, the guy who lost in the finale, would crush either of those two. Yeah. And, like, yeah. typically we, we think of t- the Ultimate Fighter as, like, the weaker of the two shows and we're the lesser. But, dude, the, those guys would would not get by Brady High Stands. Um, so I hope Brady gets another fight because if he doesn't and Simon Oliver does, uh, that seems kind of wild to me. Yeah. So we're not fans of the two Bantamweights that got contracts last night. How about uh, you were all in on Bruno Correa, um, and I was – I was a game with that because he's already actually been in the UFC, but he got knocked out pretty quickly by uh, a knee or a TKO, actually, a uh, body blow by Carlos Vergara. Uh, 41 seconds, not really much you can say. 41 second fight, but that's a guaranteed way to get yourself a contract is if you finish yeah. a fight in 41 seconds. Even though it doesn't really prove whether you're good or not, it, it proves you, you finish a fight quick, though. Yeah, the weird thing for me on this one was if you watch Vergara in all of his lead-up fights, and this is, again, why I didn't feel awful getting this one wrong. If you watch Vergara in all of his lead-up fights, that dude is kind of tentative. Like, he's usually not, like, a crazy pressure monster. And he almost, like, sprinted at Bruno Correa, which, by the way, is brilliant game planning, right? Like, Bruno Correa loves spinning kicks. He loves hook kicks. He loves question mark kicks. He loves, you know... A spinning back fist, which he threw half a dozen of in that fight. Like, he, he or uh, he's in the fight before, rather. Like, Bruno Correa likes spinning attacks and being wild and throwing big kicks and stuff like that. And he just got in his face, and you can't throw a spinning back kick from six inches away from somebody. It doesn't land. So, uh, yeah, props to Vergara for, like, knowing that, going in with that game plan. It was really high fight IQ stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what he'll look like um, because if he doesn't come out with that same game plan against some people, like, you know, I've seen holes in his game that I'm not thrilled about. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see regardless. He, he's uh, he's one who deserved a contract. Yeah, plus a flyweight a finisher and um, a flyweight finisher is, is rare, so that's good to see if he can keep that up. Uh, then, as you mentioned, we already mentioned Simon Oliveira. Let me, Chidianchu Kuwani, he definitely earned himself a contract. He, he looked great in there. TKO via elbows. It took him into round three, minute 35, but uh, he pretty much dominated uh, this fight. Took a bunch of low blows and um, still came through with the win. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, he looked like a guy with 28 professional fights. And he, <laughs> 27, actually, that would have been, but yes. Yeah, yeah, like he he looked like a guy who's fought like you know John Selter and Melvin Gillard yeah. and Max. He beat Max Griffin. Like yeah, he looks like a guy who's done that. Because guess what? He's a guy who's done that. The dude knocked out Alan Joban. Like and we got him yeah. on Contender Series. Yeah, yeah, it was it, a lot of like. Well, he got a contract, and that was what twenty. He was nineteen seven. I have so that was what fight twenty seven, and then Oliveira. That was fight twenty one. Um. Yeah, but Oliveira, I'm going to backtrack on Oliveira and Ann Helliger, though, because, like, you're right. They do have almost the same amount of fights. But let's yeah. talk about the level of fights that Chidi and Jaquani have, because, like I said, yeah. he fought in Tachi Palace, which be, which was a great organization in the day, and that's when he fought guys like Max Griffin, and he fought guys like Alan Joban. You're right. Simon Oliveira is also in his 20 something fight, and he has fought for fight 
Club Slam 2017 <laughs> and Aspera FC 43 and Aspera FC 14. Okay, so those are the ones he's fought with. Now, I'll give Chad Ann Helger a little bit more because he, he's fighting out of some of the better Canadian. He's fought, like, for Rise, which is a pretty decent Canadian promotion, and he fought for them two or three times. He actually beat Brady Highstand, and I'm now looking at his contract. That looks like oh. really, that was like really bad analysis from me. And <laughs> wow, that is shocking. I don't think he's that good, but uh, props to him for having that win on. Now, granted, it was, it was two and a half years ago, which means uh, – Brady Highstand was what sixteen, um, so maybe has. that maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but like again, he's fought for like promotions called Hard Knocks and Pure Fighting and Rumble in the Cage. Whereas like Cheedy has fought for like great ass organizations against guys who've had you know Bellator title shots and been in the top fifteen in the UFC. Like this dude was like a wily veteran who we like absolutely fed this poor kid Mario Souza to. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it was one-sided as you expected it to be. Yeah. No, what I was saying is it's, it was, uh, you think of this as, well, it's called contenders. So you think of this as like an up and comer type prospect type show, but it's at least last night, it was a whole bunch of grizzled veterans basically that, that got contracts. Um, not so much in the main event, Josh Quinlan in his sixth fight um, took out Logan Urban, who Dan told everyone to put their mortgage on um, taking this fight on short notice. And he got, caught with the punch and then caught with about 15 more punches in 47 seconds and, and lost that fight. But both those guys, what, six and seven fights respectively. So they, they weren't veterans, but the rest of the car, uh, rest of people that won contracts at least, um, the majority of them were grizzled vets, which you don't think of when you think of the contender series. Yeah. The other thing I will say though, is, is both in the case of Josh Quinlan and Logan Urban, um, they, you're right. They, they're not grizzled vets when you talk about their pro record, but they yeah. both do have huge amateur careers. I, I'm pretty sure, uh, I saw Quinlan had fought like eight times or something like that as a regional and was eight. No. So he's actually 14 and no, if you count all that. And I think Logan urban had had six. So like they okay, both yeah. had very long amateur careers that went on before. So while, yeah, you're right. They don't have, you know, the 28 pro fights, Anthony and or uh, sorry, Anthony and That's his brother. Chidi and have, uh, he does have like a lot of background and a lot of cage time. So, um, that's worth noting too, that like, yes, yep. younger, but like has the experience in the cage too. He looked great by the way. I, I was uh, a little bit shocked at how good he looked, um, and how powerful he looked. Cause he really picked his spots before he landed a big one. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a fluky, uh, to say the least. So you think urban will get another shot down the road, maybe, uh, not a last minute shot at this, uh, at this point. Uh, I don't know. So it seems like the contender series is kind of, filling up pretty fast. I think they still have like people from last season. They had promised to give another shot to, right. and I, I thought they were going to use some of the tough guys. Like, like I said, Mitch Raposo was lined up for a contender series fight. And then he wound up in the ultimate fighter house. So, like I assumed he was going to get one, but uh, yeah, here we are. I, I don't, I don't rightfully know that he would. I, I would say like his highlights certainly make you feel like you'd like to see him again. Like, I don't yeah. know if you've seen the flying knee knockout. If you haven't, like, just do a Twitter search for, like, uh, Logan Urban knee. Because that dude threw, like, one of the meanest knees back in Ohio Combat League 14. Uh, just to, to give you a reference point, Ohio Combat Another League. Another good name. Yes. Yeah. 
Ohio Combat League, I actually have done some live coverage of. Uh, yeah, random story. But, yeah, Ohio Combat League he fought for and landed some pretty uh, mean knockouts. So, yeah, I, I think he has got the right build, but probably at 6-2, and two, which he now is, or 5-2, and two, which he now is, I don't think without, like, getting another three wins. So maybe we see him next year if he stays busy. Um, yeah. But I don't think we see him this year. Yeah, probably not. Um, anyhow, fun uh, fun night of fights once again. So looking forward to next Tuesday when they roll some more out. Um, where would you put – I was thinking this when I was watching it. Where would you rank Contender Series as a whole? Like, Pretend it's its very own uh, MMA promotion. Where does it rank um, amongst the other promotions out there? Uh, above like a region, regional – Above LFA, you think? Um, below Bellator? Like, what, where uh, where do you think it ranks in terms of quality of fights and quality of fighters? Well, I would have to say this. It, it's sort of hard to rank because uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one is the, the main reason is that they take a lot of companies' champions because those yep. other regional promotions are cool with it. Um, and yep. I think if it was a standalone promotion, and they wouldn't be able to pull that off. Yeah, um, so so it's kind of hard to, to think of them like that. But if I did think of them like that and they were just, you know, insanely good at stealing other regional promotions stuff, like, I, I mean, if you jammed two contender series cards together to make a 10-fight card, the bottom of the card looks better than a Bellator card. That's oh, a, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. a fact. Because, like, contender yeah. series fights, infinitely better. Even the very worst you know, lowest of the low fights, you know, least amount of pro fights. They got a 5-0 and o guy fighting a 5-0 and o guy next week. That is infinitely better than typically what you see at the bottom of a Bellator card. So I would say yeah. it's like it's like an, the best parts of an LFA card, but like the whole thing is the best parts of an LFA card because there's only five fights. True. So it's like a really good regional promotion and to keep it from being watered down and getting us like a couple of debutants like you usually have at the beginning of an LFA or the beginning of a, you know, Invicta or the beginnings of a, you know, Cage Titans or something like that. Instead of getting those guys who are O and O or a weird am- couple of amateur fights at the very beginning, you're just getting the five you wanted, which I don't know how many listeners have ever been to like a regional <laughs> MMA card. Dude, sometimes there are like 25 fights. The, the first fight was going to be an MMA fight, and then one guy dropped out, and they found an audience member, but he wasn't ready for MMA, and now it's a Muay Thai fight. Uh, in jeans. In jeans. Cut yeah, off shorts. And, yeah, basically. <laughs> like, and he borrowed a pair of shorts from his, his girlfriend because she was the only one in the stands wearing shorts. So he's wearing his girlfriend's shorts and having a Muay Thai fight with a guy who's been preparing for an MMA fight and just happens to be a wrestler. You know, like, that's the type of stuff you see on, like, certain real real regional cards so like in they're they're super long and it's painful because you go and you're like oh, i wanted to see some mma and, and all of a sudden you got there's a weird grappling match in the middle there's like kids grappling match after that which is odd and there's more time this is great because it's like the fights you wanted to see on that regional level mma without all the other horseshit and i i just always really appreciate that it's like right to the point and for that reason i mean i'd rank it higher than you know probably higher than than things like LFA and things like CFFC and things like Titan because the top to bottom it's it's good stuff like you're going to see there's there's actually six fights on next week's card I don't know if you know that six instead of no, uh, six instead of five in the first fight I'm like insanely excited about because it is the opening fight of the night 
is a headliner, somebody who is regularly headlined CFFC. Who there is you go. headlined, I think she headlined Cage Titans too, but at least she was in like a very high profile fight in Cage Titans. So like you are seeing the the opening fight be somebody who is main eventing for some of these regional promotions. So I think for that reason, you got to say it's it's better in terms of pure fighting top to bottom than most of those promotions. It's basically an all-star regional promotion, uh, you, you could say. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and yeah. especially since like the they, Champions League yeah, of regional promotions. Especially since they've become more international, too. Like, yeah. But before, they were like, we're going to have a Brazilian season, we might have an Asian season, and then they're like, oh, we could actually just fly them here because we're paying them bupkis. Um, yep. And it's fine. It, it doesn't five grand a show. Yeah. I think it's five, or at least up to last season, five grand a show, five grand if you win. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it was last hour, too. So, like, yeah, yeah they, they just have begun, like, being like, oh, we can go get that Polish guy, or, oh, we can go get that guy in New Zealand. And they have. So, uh, yep. yeah, so I would say you're right. It's pretty much like the, the Champions League of uh, of regional promotions and Again, I'm here for it. I don't love all the oh, yeah. signings, but uh, no. I'm here for it. Exactly. And and there's that fighting for the, their life type uh, edge to it, too. Um, you know, fighters are basically auditioning. Um, most of them have always dreamt of fighting in the UFC, and this is this is their big chance. So, so that's why you see a lot of – that's why you see 47-second knockouts and flying knees and stuff like that because – uh, there's no holding back, basically. Most guys and gals are going balls to the wall uh, to try to impress the the bald guy in the front row. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Before we move off contender series, uh, we had a question. Actually, the degenerates in the Slack mm-hmm. are um, Jong sent us tons of questions, which we'll, we'll get to if we have time later. But one of the things he mentioned, and a bunch of people are on board for, they want a like loser leaves town version of the fight <laughs> of a. Of this series, where basically uh, they want—they were calling it Dana White Eliminator Series. So basically, <laughs> fighters on the last fight of the contract have to fight each other to stay inside the UFC. Uh, they have those it, all the time. They just don't call. It's them true. That. <laughs> they don't call it that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it kind of like like that season at the top, I guess. Um, the the comeback season, it would be kind of like that. Yeah, I love the I love the idea, but I don't I don't know how you would convince fighters and their managers to to agree to do it though <laughs> well i mean you would have to you first of all have to dangle like a nice contract in front of whoever won yeah that's true. um that's that true. and that that would get them to go because they'd be like otherwise you're getting shown the door even winning yeah. um so, so i would say this already pseudo happens if, if you watch the prelims and you pay really close attention to the prelims you'll find guys who are like oh and three fighting another guy who's oh and three it's essentially that already marching procneo was in one somewhat recently when he was oh and three they gave him one more fight he won uh, and I, you know, I can't remember who Sam Alvey was in one, wasn't he? No, Sam Alvey's never in one. He <laughs> always, he always has three more fights left in him. I'm, I'm fine with that. He, he's yeah, fun, anyhow, he's, yeah, he's fun, but it's also, it's also funny. It's because he's anti-union that like he keeps getting fights. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's it, anti lots of things, I think though, which, yeah, he's, which <laughs> makes him not so much fun, but anyhow. But I do but yeah, like it, Sam Alvey. He's, he's yes. incredibly fun to watch. And also here's a fun fact that you might not get on any other podcast. So I've interviewed him a couple of times. You know how, like, in the 90s when you called somebody or early 2000s, they had, like, ringback tones, and it would play you, like, a song yeah. while you're calling? So Sam Alvey has one of those on his phone. So when you still. call Sam Alvey, he, it still says, like, please enjoy this music while you wait for your party. <laughs> and, really? Yeah. Do you want to guess what it is? 
uh, obviously it's impossible to guess, so go right ahead. It is it is the uh, time to start the show from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like a Muppet, come to think of it, that big smiley face of his. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> it happened to me the first time, and I was like, this can't be real. And then he answered, and I was like, wow, that's wild. Um, but it's, yeah. <laughs> Um, really nice. So yeah, back to my original point. This is this is something that already happens. You're right. It doesn't have a fancy yeah. name and it doesn't get like highlighted. And I love it as a concept because mostly I just love being upfront with fighters about where they stand. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. being upfront with with fighters about where they stand would be good for the sport. But the other problem with this is the marketing, right? As you mentioned with the contender series, the thing that when when Dana White passes out all these contracts. People don't look at like, oh, he just signed six guys to entry level contracts. They're like, look at how generous he is signing all of the winners this week. Yeah, with a with a show that would be centered around firing somebody. Yeah, like yeah, Dana White doesn't come out looking all rosy. Um, Wasn't his wasn't his hero on a show like that though? A show about firing people. Oh yeah, I believe so. Yes, Um, but again, that (laughs) oh yeah, you didn't have TV growing up. Never mind. No, I I I didn't. I very much never watched. What was it called? Um, the Apprentice, the Apprentice, the Apprentice. Yes. yeah. Which, by the way, movie. which, by the way, the the owner of One FC has got a an Asian version of it now. Really? So, yeah. Uh, y- Yadri Sitchitong. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got that uh he's got that going on now too. So uh, yeah, great great stuff. I'm sure it is. Um, <laughs> it's it's probably got 10 million viewers. Um, of course. But yeah, no. So I think the problem with with this concept, which I do think is a, a good concept, because like I said, I like telling people where they are. But uh, the biggest problem with it is that you you can't look like the bad guy. He's his whole image is built up on being kind to fighters, whether he is actually or not. <laughs> is it? But I, I think it is, dude. Like it, you know, like you we say it's not, but he's like. I took care of them backstage. They got what they, you know, like I know. He, he wants, he wants to look that way. Yes. Yeah. You didn't give this guy a bonus this time, right? John Morgan always likes to ask why this yeah. other guy didn't get a bonus, which shout out to John Morgan. Great freaking question. Um, <laughs> but like, he always asks like, why didn't this extra guy get a bonus? And he's like, I'm probably going to take care of him backstage. And you're like, whether he is or not, and whether he was going to or not, he says that out loud because he wants you to think that like he's the guy who takes care of the fighters and like yeah. he isn't that he's never been that but like yeah his image is actually despite being a tough guy and despite trying to look like a no nonsense guy it is built up on like this idea that he's overly kind to fighters and anybody who complains is just a bitch it's true it's true but anyhow it would be a fun like blood sport type concept uh <laughs> people fighting for their lives or uh Bruce Bruce Lee movie type concept but um yeah, so anyhow, contender series, thumbs up. We enjoy it. We enjoy the presentation. We enjoy the fights. We enjoy the fighters. We also enjoy PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for sports betting. Picks helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics. Give you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can get find in-depth analysis on every game all for free. Found your pick. Search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account. Compare the odds and finally place your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your bet better. PixWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will 
if they will go over or under their stat projection. Price picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and more. Make your picks, lock it in. That's all you have to do. Easy. The more players you pick, the more money you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Price picks is the only way I play. Price picks allows mixed sport entries and offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawals, and the Price Picks app is 4.8 star rated in the App Store with rave reviews. Price Picks is my only go to for daily. Fantasy. Price Picks is an easy way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy Simplified. Find it in the App Store and Google Play. And use promo code, of course, SGP to receive 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. That's more free money we're giving away to you. 100 bucks. So that's Price Picks. Promo code SGP. All right. Told you about Prop Swap. Told you about Picks Wise. Told you about Price Picks. Let's move on, shall we? Um, let's do some more listener questions. Actually, I was going to ask you a question. Um, are you going to be watching any MMA this weekend? Uh, is there any any fights worth watching or betting on? I see we got ACA 128, whatever that is. Uh, we got uh, EFC, uh, that's the that's the one. I I don't think we have a way to watch because it is. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that one is the one that is like outlawed by the U.S. government because there's like a hate group at the center okay. of it. Am I if I'm remembering that right? Maybe. Akmat fight team. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We like technically can't associate with them anymore. Um, yeah. Names I know though. Chris Honeycutt, (laughs) Daniel Omelanchuk. I know those guys. Yeah. Chris, Chris Honeycutt was pretty good. And I saw Omelanchuk was an underdog too, which is, uh, interesting. I don't know anything about Evgeny Gonchuk. Charoff. <laughs> wow, you don't know anything about him. Interesting. I don't. Um, and he's a probably a, a ridiculous chunky guy, but um, <laughs> right because he he's got to be in order to be, a, be in order to be fighting Daniel Omel. Chuck. Yes, <laughs> obviously. Uh, how about uh, EFC? We always talk about EFC. I don't think I've ever watched EFC, but EFC's got an event. EFC eighty nine. So watching I, that, Dan? I've been crapping on EFC for the last <laughs> couple of times we brought it up, but I will tell you they have two guys who I do like on this one, and uh, one one of them is uh, Zulu. I don't know if you remember, he was on the um, the flyweight season, the Ultimate Fighter, with just the champions. Okay, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember so, the name. I yeah, Zulu. 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 What's his real name? Um, it's Nazamulu. Oh, there it is. Nazamulu yeah. Zulu. Yeah. Um, Nakazamulu Zulu. He's fighting yeah. Lutando Biko. Uh, Zulu's only minus 145. Is that a good line for that fight? Or so don't I, I don't know much about Biko, so that that's kind of the tricky part. Um, I know they're fighting for their flyweight championship. Zulu was the one who was the flyweight champ from EFC at the time, and he yep. got beat by um, Hiromasa Okikobu, um, who was, um, I believe, the Pancrase champion at the time. Who came over and I? He went to the the finals, right? Okikobu lost to Tim Elliott in the finals. So uh, I was surprised that a lot of those flyweights got shots, and Zulu wasn't one of them. Um, so like that, I'm interested in seeing him fight. There's also a guy by the name of Iu. Yeah, man, these names. I'm so so sorry please, if I'm strange. Please do it. Uh, Igu Cabeza. Um, <laughs> you, you, who, who really? He goes by Smiley, um, and he he's coming off of a loss in his last fight, but before that he had a big, long run of wins, all of which were by, like, violent knockouts. And the only other loss he has before that was to Danny Henry, who is a Scottish guy who was on the, in the UFC for quite a while. He actually 
Um, Danny Henry is the one who beat Hakeem Dawoodoo in his debut. Um, and he had lost to Cabeza as well. So earlier in the career. So they're one and one against each other. So yeah, I, I like watching Cabeza fight because he has like vicious knockouts and he has like fought like a pretty good list of guys. And, and he's got like decent wrestling as well. Only 27 years old. So uh, keep an eye out for Smiley because that's his, that's his nickname. His nickname is Smiley. Keep an eye out for Smiley because he's kind of fun to watch too. Um, but okay, I also have no yeah. idea how to watch UFC at this time. It used to be, uh, I think it used to be a Fight Pass thing, but it, it does not appear to be anymore. Um, one of the Fight Pass ones, though, if I am rattling off things that I might actually watch, because um, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to dig for an EFC stream just so I can watch those two fights and probably some really weird time of the day because it's in South Africa. Right. Um, EFC but, Worldwide TV, Dan, is where where you can watch it. Nice. Um, uh, it's four ninety nine a month. That doesn't seem awful if I wanted to watch one event uh, and then cancel it because their other oh, events have been pooped. This is just to the prelims, though. Hmm. This oh. is just prelims, so I don't know where the other. It's oh, prime. It's prime. Yeah, twelve ninety nine if you want uh, the full thing. I think possibly, but anyhow. And then there's and then there, there are streams that exist in the world. Um, no, one no, that no, I. No, no. One that I will actually watch probably, or at least some portion of it, is Fury FC has been putting on tons of events lately, um, and they're all really good. Like, uh, they recently had an event that was headlined by Juan Adams. Do you remember Juan Adams? Uh, of course. Yeah, well, yep. the, the the Chosen Juan was his nickname for a little Ooh, while, which yeah. uh, I love. I think that that's perfect. <laughs> Every guy who's got a, a last name like that, or a first name like that should use it in some way, shape, or form. But, yeah, like, they've been putting on really good shows, and they've got another – I wouldn't say it's as good as the ones they've been putting on because, like I said, uh, they, they've had, like, J.J. Okonovich on there who was a contender series guy. They had Juan Adams who was a contender series guy and a UFC guy. They've had really good guys. But this one has got um, some decent names in it, too. It's got Rashad Coulter, who you might remember from uh, from UFC fame. Uh, they also have Ty Flores, who you may not remember, but he was on Contender Series recently and lost to Dustin Jacoby, which, like, now in retrospect, like, doesn't look all that bad, right? Because Dustin Jacoby's uh, undefeated in his four UFC fights since coming back. Uh, it's also got Sherrard Blackledge, who fought on the Contender Series twice last year. Um, he won the first one, and they were like, yeah, it wasn't that good. Come on back. And then he lost the second one, so he's fighting on that card. So, like, they've just got, like, a bunch of, like, names that you've probably heard before. So they're pretty good at, at putting together enough of those. That's interesting. Again, it's one of those, like, 35-fight cards with, like, 12 amateur fights at the bottom of it. So, like, you definitely can't watch it all. But if you can time it up and check out, like, the last few fights, um, they will definitely be good ones. And who knows? Like, you know, all of those guys having been former UFC guys or Contender Series guys, they can work their way back into uh, the UFC. Yep, very true. Um, there you go. So uh, you did get picks. You got uh, Dan got you picks on uh, for regional MMA, or yeah, this is international MMA, I guess, not even regional. So there you go. That the man comes through time and time again. You know how else comes? You know how else comes through, Dan? A new, uh, new sponsor of ours, Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and being ripped off by big wireless providers. If we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all makes made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell 
wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. If you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile, I believe is what, how you pronounce it, and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free go to mintmobile.com slash sports s sports gp so that's mintmobile.com slash s-p-o-r-t-s-g-p cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sport s-g-p all right um i was going to ask you about along someone's long Awaited debut coming up. I just saw announced that Ian Gary, the future Ian Gary, um, 23-year-old champ, I guess he's a former champ now, of uh, Cage Warriors, is finally making his UFC debut, um, kind of like Paddy Pimblett. It's been um, it's been banging about for a while, but just fought in Cage Warriors back in June. He's going to be making his debut in Madison Square Gardens at the uh, UFC's um, annual November event there against Jordan Williams. Um, do you know much about Ian Gary, or what are your thoughts on him? I know a little bit about Ian Gary. I've seen him fight a couple of times. I watched his fight with Jack Grant, who's, you know, pretty decent name in the the Cage Warriors side of things. He also beat Rostam Achman, who you might not remember, but he was that uh, that fella in the UFC who looked like he was wearing a shirt. Um, because oh, yeah. he had so much body hair. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so he beat him too. So that was nice that he got him off of our screen fast enough. But um, yeah, like I, I like him quite a bit because he's very long for the division, which I, I, I've been finding is it seems to be beneficial to have big, long, gangly limbs and to be super tall for your division. And in addition to that, you got to yep. love that he's a guy who found his way to Sanford MMA, which just seems to be the best thing that everybody's doing for their career lately is going to Sanford MMA. Um, So yeah, Yeah. and he's, you know, he's got a, you know, great pedigree, took a bunch of amateur fights before he got ready. And, you know, he's looked good on every single cage warriors fight card he's been on, Um, you know, and he hasn't fought slouches, you know, in his, his first fight, he had fought a guy with experience. The second fight, the guy he was fighting was four and oh, like he, he goes out there and fights dude. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's got, especially because he's done it in a whole bunch of different ways, too. You know, rear naked chokes and head kicks and ground and pound with his wrestling. And, like, the guy's got a whole bunch of different weapons. So I'm excited. I will say, too, I think they matched him up with the right first fight. Like, no offense to Jordan Williams, but, like, you you got a guy who's really long and fights from good range. It's got to be a nightmare for Jordan Williams. Jordan Williams needs to get in on the inside, and he doesn't have a lot of nuance to do so. You know, like, he's got good wrestling if he can get in, but he also just doesn't do so all that well unless somebody lets him in or clinches with him. And, like, we saw that. He fought Mickey Gall, and it, like, dude, it didn't – like, he was getting tagged by Mickey Gall. That's not good. Um, You know, he, he could not have been more inappropriately matched up than he was with Nasur Dean Imovov because that guy, his literal nickname is The Sniper. So I would say this is another case of the UFC – carefully matching their prospects with the people they should. Um, so like it, it'll be interesting to see how he does, but I think the end result, he probably does pretty good here. And he won't even, this will 
this event will take place what a couple weeks before he turns 24. So he's he is a young a youngster, and like Dan said, six a big welterweight, six foot three. I'm not sure what his reach is, but it's probably um, bigger than most of the guys he's fighting. What type of fighter is he? Like is uh, wrestle heavy, all around fighter, striker? What what type? I mean, of I game I think you'll see him see? do a lot of everything. You know, like I, I'm most impressed with like some of his kicking game and how he fights from distance. Um, you know, you can see it like, I mean, like if you look up any of his highlight reels, you get to see a whole bunch of head kicks, um, which is kind of nice. And, and I just think in general, he keeps that distance well, but he, he is also not afraid to, to grapple. I mean, like he's got good jujitsu and he's got good top game wrestling. I, I think it all needs to meld together a little bit still before he is like the elite of the lead of that division or before he's like, you know, a guy we're talking about getting, you know, not fighting Jordan Williams and fighting somebody else. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I'm impressed with – I would say if you had to put anything on him, he is pretty all around, but I would say, like, I like his distance striking better than I like most stuff. Cool, because he's got the length and the and the size, like you said, so – um, you know what I like, Dan? I like odds crowd. I like my segues tonight too. I'm not even working <laughs> too hard on them. I just say, you know what I like? Uh, if you haven't downloaded the odds crowd app yet, you're missing out. There's over 30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs across both season long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part. So you can try to claim bragging rights over us too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCard isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And while we're talking about downloading apps, you got to make sure you download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. That gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. And you can get notices when our podcast drops. Um, and speaking of that, make sure you are subscribed to the MMA Gambling Podcast on whatever uh, podcast catcher you use because the, our podcast comes out fresh and hot on our feed before it goes up on the SGPN, SGPN feed. So um, if you want to get the lines before we affect them, um, by, by telling you who to bet on, make sure you uh, you subscribe to our actual feed. I, I think it did actually uh, happen last week because we were uh, people in the Slack said the, the lines that we were quoting for the contender series were all were all adjusted by the time that they uh, they tried to get it in there, Dan. So someone's listening or reading your stuff at least. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that, that's a nice thought. I can't imagine <laughs> that I've ever moved a line in my whole life, uh, but I, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I thought you maybe had dropped a hundred grand on, uh, yeah. I, I thought maybe you dropped like a huge sum, like hundred G's on that uh, uh, Logan Urban. That's why the, the line was moving. No, that's not the case. I, no, no, not the case. <laughs> you, nope. You, you, you haven't. You, you still. You're not living on the street. You, you're still at home. Good. Good. Yeah, I, I good still. Deal. I still got. Still got my house. Good. I, I thought Dan put the mortgage up there. Um, anything else we should talk about? I have a few more questions from Jong Lee who. who uh, kindly send a bunch of questions in just so um, we wouldn't have to work too hard for, for uh, content. I'm thinking the one, maybe we should actually for once do some homework and, uh, and answer it properly. He wants to know um, best fighters under the age of 25. So maybe we can. Uh, Ooh, yeah. That's, that's a tricky one. Yeah, think without... on that and maybe come back on Sunday with yeah. actually some, some homework and see how many of the na- same names that we, uh, 
we nailed. Um, maybe uh, especially, like do a top ten or something. Especially because I would say this too, and this is the tricky part of of when you ask questions like that. There are guys who I will think of, and I'll be like, "There's no way that guy's 25, right? Like, how about how about Sean Brady? Let's let's take Sean Brady for instance. I'd be like, "There's no yeah. way that guy's 25." You Google him, and you'll be like, "28." wait a second, how is he 28? Why Why was he not yeah. here earlier? And it's just because, like, you know, some guys start their pro career at 16, and some guys, you know, like, very carefully build up their record using amateur fights and finally getting into it. So, yeah, like, off the top of – even, like, take uh, Brian Battle, Brian Pooh Bear Battle, who, uh, who just won the Pooh Ultimate Bear. Fighter. And he, he just won the He's Ultimate old. Fighter, and they were talking about him being this, like, young up-and-comer. He's 26. He's not old, but, like, he got a late start in the sport, so he has a small record, and he's already 26. So, yeah, I'd have to probably think about it. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who sticks out. No, I, I think it's – he mentioned someone, but I won't say it. I think it's I think it's probably best if we both actually put me, some actual thought into this and then come back on Sunday with some actual, you know, notes and see how many guys we we, uh, we agree on. I like that. Let, let's do uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll do some small lists for you guys next week as long as well as giving you the Contender Series stuff you, you've come to know and love. Exactly, <laughs> of course. And speaking of, like, age, like Darren Till, who we just spoke about last podcast, he's only 28. He yeah. He seems like he's been around forever. He's the he, same age as Sean Brady, which is Yeah, insane. there you go. Yeah, like – There you go. Yeah, it, it happens all the time for me. I'm like, I can't believe – you know who's one who really sticks out as being like, how the hell is that guy not 30 yet? Is Calvin Gastelum, dude. How is yeah, that guy not 30 years old yet? Yeah. Yep, it's true. It's true. Yeah, so Jong's got questions. Basically, is what I'm going to call his podcast. Jong's got questions. Let me see if there's any others. Um, this one's actually – let's know this one since this event just happened. You must know, is Brunson a real threat to take Izzy down, or are we just living in Izzy's world here? You're living so, in Izzy's world. Yeah. You're yeah. living in his world. I, I don't mean to be mean because I love Derek Brunson. You you heard me, you know, last week touting him as going yeah. to tear through Darren Till and earn you the easiest plus 155 you've gotten in a long time. And he did exactly that. And if you were betting on him to finish, he probably also could have gotten plus 300. Uh, submission, I think I saw, was plus 500. So, yeah, like he was wildly underrated because, as I've said time and time again, he's the best wrestler at middleweight. Um, here's the problem I have. There were times where he got in on a takedown against Darren Till and Darren Till's height, length, and his ability to just use his legs in that position were enough to stifle the takedown of Derek Brunson. Um, and that to me is a, a recipe for a nightmare if you're fighting Israel Adesanya because nobody does that better than Israel Adesanya. That guy is crazy long, does a great job as far as balance goes. You really need to take him down hard in order to take him down. And I think Brunson probably has one or two of those in him. But you also have to remember, like, Idesanya gets up quick. And Darren Till was hitting Derek Brunson on the feet. He was hitting him pretty good. And, again, Izzy is just 80 times the striker as Darren Till is. And I think he defends takedowns better. I think we're living in Izzy's world. Derek Brunson may be the best threat, uh, maybe even possibly better than Robert Whitaker. But again, I think at middleweight, it's Izzy's world, and everybody else is just living in it. Yeah, I, I was thinking he'd have a chance, but probably not uh, when it comes right down to it. Plus, I, I still have that 
feeling in my head that <laughs> Brunson's somehow not going to end up with a, uh, a title shot. Um, something's going to happen, but hopefully not. We shall see. Um, I think we'll save the rest of the questions because we do have a whole podcast on Sunday that we have to uh, – I mean, that we're going to enjoy doing it, but we're going to uh, need content for it. John's got questions. He's got plenty of questions. So knock out some more of those, and hopefully some other news happens. And Dan can tell us uh, all the great outcomes at EFC and Octagon with the K. And <laughs> hey, that's ACA. got um, Octagon's got Bojan Velikovic. See, here we go. Dan knows. <laughs> there you go. I know that name. I know that name. Uh, he used to be in the UFC, that, that there guy. All right. Let's put it to bed. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We are ranked in a check the other day and chartable. We're like ranked in the U S Canada, UK and Australia. Crazy. We're worldwide, Dan. And, but what about Germany? Weren't we, what, what happened to our Germany? We, we aren't ranked. We aren't ranked in Germany, but Germany is, I don't know. Maybe they don't have charts in Germany. I'm not sure. But when I check our demographics of our listeners, Germany is third U S Canada and then Germany. So nice. Yes. Shout, out, shout out German fans. Shout out German fans for sure. Um, so thank you everyone for listening and subscribing and all that stuff. Uh, thank you for reading all our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I guess that their football sport kicks off tomorrow. So the last of our NFL team previews will be going up tomorrow, tomorrow being Thursday. Um, get you all set for kickoff. Um, so basically we have gambling and fantasy football guides for every team um, right there on the website, and obviously we have coverage of every other sport underneath the sun that you can uh, gamble on. So make sure you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. If you want MMA only content, MMA-manifesto.com is is the place to be. Um, and you can listen. To, we haven't hyped up your other podcasts like we usually do. You can listen to Dan's uh, at least this week. One of your pods we run. Top Turtle MMA podcast. Who is on this week? Uh, so this week I'm actually talking to Contender Series guys. So I'm going to be talking to Mo Miller, who is um, a teammate of Stipe Miocic and Alexa right. Kamer. Um, as he gets ready for, he'll be on week three. He's like a really fun wrestler with like some cool high angle takedowns. And then I'm also talking to Manuel Gaksha, uh, which is both the hardest name in the sport to say and the hardest name to spell. Um, but he is a kickboxer who is originally out of Albania, trained a little while in Greece, now is training uh, and honing his, his taekwondo skills in the Netherlands, as well as his MMA skills there. He talked a whole bunch about, like, moving around, finding the right kind of camps and uh, his exciting kick game, um, as well as being a world champion in taekwondo. So, yeah, uh, two exciting prospects. And as long as they win, they'll get contracts. So that's good. <laughs> but... Well, I guess we'll find out if the, the uh, top two of the curse is real or not next week. I was gonna, I was gonna hype the curse again, but you know, I you know, it, it might be I, bad. So I want to go back to the curse again for a second because I, I, <laughs> I thought said, you wanted to go away, but okay. I said the curse went away because we had Giga on and we yep. had Brian Battle on and we had yep. Andre Petrovsky on all in one week, three huge yep. ones. Do you know who we had on this past week? Uh, I listened. But do I remember who you had on? Let me think. It was it was Modestus Bukowski. Oh yeah, you did. That's right. And yeah, that, no, that was not a good night for him. Yeah, he didn't he didn't just lose. He got yeah, that's right. He got injured badly too. I um yeah I forgot that's what his accent is. It, it threw me I'm like hey he is the Baltic James Bond with an accent yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, he's and a he great knows. he's a great guy. Speedy recoveries to Modestus. Yes, exactly. He may be the Baltic James Bond, but I am. Juicy Jeff Fox, and he is Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and uh, I'm putting this 
this may be the bad. Thank you for listening. And we will be back on Sunday with Jong's Got Questions Part 2, a.k.a. Episode 72. Thank you and good night or good morning or good afternoon. (laughs) 